Here again in Kansas City, talking with Matt Erickson. He's uh, an econ and policy guy with Farm Credit. And interested, Matt, to take some time with you because, you know, the conversation with our guys has turned to the demand picture. And, and I think maybe a comparison with what China was buying from us last year. And obviously, uh, with South America, they're competing with us at a time when typically we would be number one on the hit parade. But talk to us about supply and demand fundamentals for not only 2022. Get your thoughts there, and then we'll talk about the future. Yeah, Rob, what a year it's been for 2022. And, you know, I think it's really appropriate to talk about what we've went through within within this whole year because it seems like it's been forever. And, you know, when you look at least the corn and soybean market, you know, who would have thought in February that we would have had this war in Eastern Europe between Russia and Ukraine? You know, no one could predict that. That set markets really higher than the volatility. Volatility is the name of the game. And as we move forward, we went from February to basically June, where the Fed had their first 75 basis point increase. And since then, we've had additional 75 basis point increases. So we've got this macro side that's really put a, a little bit of dent on demand, a lot of portions of the Midwest, you can talk about the weather market starting in June when we had that flash drought. That probably shaved off a little bit of the performance of the corn and soybean crop. But then, you know, you get into, you know, the months of August, and that's when we hit our domestic weather. If you look at a weather map based on a county level, some part of the county may have had rain, some part of the county may not have. At least on the western Corn Belt side, we saw some yields, especially in Iowa, South Dakota, Nebraska, really take a hit because of those dry conditions. So that leads us up to today. The corn and soybean supply and demand situation from the November WASD. Corn stocks to use is at 8.3%. Soybeans are at 5%. Both are below the 10-year average. So that tells us relative to use, supplies are pretty tight. Globally, same situation. Uh, I think corn is, you know, in the mid-25% range, below the 10-year average. Soybeans are are as well below the 10-year average. With all that being said, we're in a high-price environment. And that leads us into 2023, where if we have supply issues, often these supply issues, high-price environments, lead lead to overproduction internationally. And that, I think right now, as we pivot into 2023, I think a lot of attention is going to be on the South American crop and what they're going to produce here this year. Well, and one of the issues that's happened there is, back to your point about the interest rates, you know, that has messed with the strength and weakness of the dollar, which has caused even more volatility in the markets. But even to add on to that list of items that you've already mentioned that have been causing a lot of volatility, the other thing there is, is that all of a sudden, you know, with all of the weather situations, the Mississippi River dries up and then a rail strike comes at us. And it's like, man, one thing after another, how much of this can we manage to survive over the next six months? And, you know, that's that's an important point here. You know, one of the things in 2023 uh, to look at is the export side. You know, we're seeing the dollar appreciate. Um, you know, our dollar's getting stronger. A lot of that's been doing to a, a hawkish Fed, increasing interest rates. A lot of what's going to happen here in the future is what happens with inflation. And if inflation starts to kind of ease off a little bit, we may see a slowdown in some of these interest rate increases. That being said, that impacts exports. That makes things more expensive for foreign producers to buy our product. All those things play into consideration. Corn side, you look at 2020, 2021 marketing year versus the forecast for 2022 and 2023, we're seeing an over 25% decrease in corn exports. So the strength of the dollar is a big concern here as we move forward for some of our demand for our products. And, you know, it's throw it all into a blender. You Tight volatility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Tight supplies, less global demand, 
a fairly strong picture for domestic demand. The crush margins lately have been unbelievable. Yeah, you look at the soybean balance sheet, you know, margins have been pretty good for crush. And so on the crush side of the, the soybean balance sheet, actually, I think historical levels. So that is added demand there for, for soybeans. Corn, I think, you know, when we look at the export picture, the question is, when does China come in? And, you know, when we look at where exports, where USDA is projecting exports for 2022 and 2023, we're behind schedule to where what USDA projects. So there's time still left in the marketing year, of course, but all eyes will be on some of those things. So in terms of China, talk about some of the moving parts that are there because their hog industry has a concerted effort to try and rebuild that. And obviously that would be favorable for corn. But China, you never know what's true. (laughs) Well, that's that's a good point. I mean, I don't know if you can trust the Chinese data. But from what we do know, they are trying to get their domestic hog herd built back up. However, there's always going to be ASF, African swine fever, concerns over there. If they can get their hog herd up, that means that most likely they need more corn. And so that could be our market. We'll wait to see what what happens there and what purchases they make. Uh, But I think a lot of that deals with their hog herd and what the expectation is there. Well, and the other part of that is is that uh, their corn crop, we're not really sure what's true and what's not true on that. But in terms of the high price environment for corn and soybeans that we see right now, I'm hearing all kinds of different predictions about how long that's going to last and what we need to look at. Uh, But it doesn't seem like we'll really see any kind of major turnaround in that, maybe as early as second quarter next year? I think that remains to be determined. You know, let's say if there's a peace agreement between Russia and Ukraine, you know, that's obviously bearish to, to markets. And so everything, it just seems like there's black swan event after black swan event. And what we try to do at Farm Credit Services of America, when I talk to our customers is, Okay, as economists, we like to, you know, develop problems. But, you know, you like to be a good economist and help with solutions a little bit. How handy is that? Right. So when I talk with our customers, harvest is done. we got to start thinking about planning for 2023. And I think the name of the game is going to be volatility. We're not in the business to project what markets are actually going to be. No one can. And if they are, they're fooling you. And so there's some steps that we can take to mitigate some of this volatility. First and foremost, preserve your working capital. And don't necessarily pay off the low fixed debt that you already have. Two is making sure you understand your cost structure and your revenue structure within your budgets. Both are equally important. Third, think about your budget holistically. And what I mean by that is let's put some of these numbers for fertilizer, seed, whatever it may be. Let's put those in dollar per acre terms, machinery costs. Let's not make this specific for one field, but let's look at this over your entire operation on a dollar per acre standpoint. Fourth, sensitize, sensitize. I always tell people a pencil has an eraser, and that's what it's meant for. Unless you've locked in your inputs already, play around with some of the numbers. Play around with the revenue side of things. That's going to make you a better expert of your break-even and a better expert for your margin. And five, last but not least, if you're a better expert in your margin and your break-even, that allows you better reaction to act within the market to lock in some of these prices. Excellent advice. Matt Erickson, econ and policy advisor with Farm Credit. Some real insights there that farmers can apply going into 2023. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Sure, absolutely. Podcasts by Federated Media.